Welcome to this episode of Blended, Blessed, and Always a Mess. I'm Eric. And I'm Angie. We are married with a ton of kids. We have six kids total. He has three and I have three. My name's Hallie and I love riding horses. I'm Lexi and I love agriculture. My name's Carter and I love eating. My name's Chase and I love lifting weights. My name's Summer and I love spending my parents' money. I'm Dane and I love baseball. Our show is about our blended, blessed, and always a mess life. And our hope is if you find yourself in the same situation we are in, that by sharing our story, all the fun, and all the mess, challenges we are experiencing, it will give you some inspirations, laughs, and community, knowing you are not alone in this mess. We appreciate you spending time with us. Let's dive in. Welcome to this week's episode of Blended Blessed and Always a Mess. And this is the first ever episode about a child that has been continued. We've had one other continued episode with our friend Lynn Roush, a counselor, none about the kids. So as how they would say, that's because I'm better than everyone else. <laughs> and so here we are with uh, episode number two of Hallie's still here, the signs. She is showing a sign. She's giving us signs. And you know, you were ending the last episode and talking about Hallie mentoring that young girl. And we have had several people reach out to us over the last several weeks that things we're sharing about Hallie are helping them to get kids or themselves out of relationships. And there's a part of me that thinks that Hallie, Hallie is happy that, that she knows she's doing more from heaven than she could have done at earth to help other people. Does that make sense? Yeah, I, I totally. Yeah. Like we know, we, I, we now know a lot of things we didn't know before, things we thought, but we didn't know. And I think she is in heaven doing more for young people here on earth and, and even adults yeah. than she could have done. And she knew, I'm just going to say this. She knew from seeing things, she was in a relationship she didn't know how to get out of. And, and now that she's out of it, she's using this heavenly platform to help other people. Is that that fair? Yeah. I mean, I, yeah, I agree. I think it's taking the pain and turning it into purpose, right? And being able to be Hallie's voice. You know, I tell my kids all the time, I'm connected to your soul. I know you. You um, know your kids. I know them to their core. I knew Hallie to her core, who she was as a person. Like I watched her grow. We talked all the time. And yeah, I I think that she she had a voice here, but I I know what she wants her voice to be. Hundred percent. Um, so I'm just gonna plow through and shine her light, like we've we've said on our social platforms. No matter how hard it is, because I will tell you, I and I've shared this with people that I'm close to. Like I feel like my body weighs a thousand pounds. Like for me to get up and get out of bed, it's like moving a thousand pounds because my my body's saying stop. But I also am so fueled for Hallie's voice that I'm not going to stop, even though I literally would just love to crawl in a freaking hole and never come back out. Angie's doing positive things. People ask me all the time, is she taking care of herself? Should she be doing these things? She spends, I, I think she's doing it. I keep telling her, I'm, I'm like, you're inside the bottle and I'm outside this bottle watching you. And I think you're doing a good job of taking the time to grieve where you're alone 
and you're also taking the time to be around others and take positive steps and you're seeing a counselor and you're listening to the right kind of podcasts and you're visiting with friends who are lifting you up and doing the right things. So I do think that, yes, Angie is taking care of herself in the best way that she possibly can, because I do get a lot of questions from people that are worried about you in that regard. But you are, you are, I've said this one all the time, you're, you're superhuman and you get up and you're doing more things than anybody else in this situation would do. I remember when my dad died and that's different, right? It was my dad. It wasn't my child. I didn't get a bed for a long, long time and I drank way too much and I did all the things wrong. Okay. Yeah. I haven't had a, you haven't had a drink, drink yeah. <laughs> alcohol beverage since before Hallie passed. Yeah. And so at the end of the day, you're getting up and doing positive things but every single other day. Kids. That's right. the thing. It's like, I also, I mean, I'm always going to be Hallie's mom. I'm, I still feel like I'm her mom, even though she's not here. So I still want to protect her. I still want to help her. I still want to be there for her. And then I have all the other kids that I'm not going to not show up for them. So that's also my fuel. And frankly, let's be honest. I mean, they're worried about you, right? I know. And that breaks my heart too. And that, that's such a hard balance. Like how much do you show your pain? How much do you hide it? Because I knew, I told you that early on. I'm like, I do not want my kids to worry about me. And we go back to the last podcast where you talked about how Hallie was very real and sitting in the suck and the sadness. And so there's a balance for you here where you let the kids know that it does suck and you're in pain, but you're also pushing through for them. You're making all their events. You're helping them do whatever they need you to do. But your kids and my kids, they're all showing up for you too. That's been a beautiful thing about our crew. We Obviously, this podcast has really changed from being about a blended family and to, to, to what we we're talking about with Hallie's passing. Our crew is showing up for Angie, and it's beautiful to see each of the different kids show up in different ways. Your kids are showing up. My kids are showing up. I mean, we've got a real family here. I said that, you know, when Hallie passed away, I said, I, I know some people think that this is this family is not the same as a, a real traditional family. This is every bit as good of a family. We are every bit as close. We are every bit as powerful. And I never feel in this that everybody misses and loves Hallie, mm-hmm. whether it's Lexi or Carter or Dane compared to Summer and Chase. I love and miss Hallie. Nobody's pain's ever compared to Angie's. I tell people that all the time, right? So it doesn't matter who that is. So connected, and a piece of us is missing. It's gone. The crew isn't the same. The crew's not the same. That hurts. That hurts us all. She was the leader of the kids and the crew. It's hard. It sucks. Carter said this week. I have leader is his word for 2023. It's not because he's trying to pass his sister Lexi, but he knows he's the kid at home. Lexi's at college. He's the kid at home. And he's got to show up for his younger siblings better than he has before. And he's getting that from Hallie. He's not getting that from Carter or me or you. That's Carter leaning on his big sister and having the time with her in his alone time to know it's his time to stand up and step up. And that's beautiful. That beautiful tragedy that we're dealing with right now. Okay. Both teary eyed. Let's talk about the signs. Let's go back to part two of the signs. Okay. Really good stuff. And we ended last week on how she wanted to start mentoring. And and that would have been something that she was going to be absolutely fantastic at. And that started to help us to learn from, we started to hear from people, people at Mizzou, students, coworkers, old people from high school. And I'll let you talk about this because you had a lot more direct contact with each and every one of these people, but it was unbelievable to hear the impact she was having that she would never brag or tell. So in some cases, probably she didn't even know she was having the impact on some of these people. 
Yeah. Gosh, you know, it goes back to like grief too, and everybody handles it different. Like I've had a lot of people share, hey, I lost a sibling and my my mom completely like shut down and we can never talk about it. Like I've heard people share that. And I've also had a lot of people say, keep talking about her like that keeps a memory alive. And and I will say for me, I want to know everything. Like I want to hear every story. And I've loved that where people reached out and said, hey, I had class with her and she was always, you know, was super fun in class. Or I even met with her boss at her work, which I've never would have known the, known the people. But there was one lady that Hallie always talked about. I'm like, that's the person I want to meet. I want to talk to her. And so that was awesome just to hear her perspective at her employment, right? But there was one person in my mind, I never said it out loud, that I wanted to meet with. I just didn't know how to contact that person. I only knew the person's first name. And so about a week or two after Hallie passed, gosh, it was a shit show of a week. But so many kids had sports that yes, week. Yes, we were every night was like sports. And on Monday night, it was late and we had Chase and Summer in the car. And it, nights are hard. So I'm already starting to struggle as we're driving home. And I said, okay, tomorrow night, on Tuesday night, we don't have anything, right? Like, Summer, you've got practice after school, and then we're going to be at home. And Chase is like, whoa, I got a wrestling meet. I was like, like, Carter's got basketball. I don't have it on my calendar. And he goes, well, it got moved. It was a Wednesday night, and now it's Tuesday night. I'm like, oh, my gosh. Okay, so, all right, I'm going to go to his wrestling meet. And I never thought anything else about it. Also, when I am out in public or I'm at the kids' sporting events, I feel what everybody else feels. So when they feel helpless and sad, like I feel that on top of how I feel. And so sometimes after a long day, like if I'm at a kid's event, like I'm just going to sit off by myself. Like I don't want to talk to anybody. And so this was the first event I was going to by myself because Eric was going to Carter's, which is okay. I'm going to drive there. I need a little time to myself anyway. So I walk into this wrestling meet and I don't sit with the parents from the school that my son goes to. I purposely sit kind of across the aisle with some strangers because I just don't just want to be alone. I just don't want to talk to anybody. We talked to everybody the night before at his wrestling and summer yeah. basketball. We were talk. You were talked out. So I sit behind this mom and dad, and I've said this before on here. Like wrestling is so hard for me to watch. It is. It's so. It's such a vulnerability for the wrestlers because they're out there, you know, one on one for everybody to see. And Chase is wrestling so hard for his sister. So hard. So when he loses, it's just like it's gut wrenching for me on top of being like nerve wracking to watch. I don't know if any if the other moms are like that, but I cannot hardly. It stresses me out. Sure. So his first match is up and he starts. They start. And I realize that this the family sitting right in front of me. It's their son. Chase is wrestling. So I'm cheering for Chase. They're cheering for their son. It was a good match, but Chase lost. So I'm immediately you know, I'm a mess anyway. So um, tears are running down my face. And the dad turns around to me and says, hey, your son did a really good job. But then he notices I'm crying and he kind of just does a double take and kind of looks at me. And I just, for whatever reason, say, well, I'm just super proud that he's wrestling because he lost his sister a week and a half ago. I don't even know why I felt compelled to tell this guy this, but I did. Mm -hmm. And then I added on that she was 20 years old. Like, why did I have to state the age? I don't know. And his wife turns around, looks at me, and she's like, Hallie? And I'm like, yeah. She's like, 
I'm Trista. I'm her advisor, academic advisor at Mizzou. And I literally lost my shit. This is a one person Angie's been wanting to this hold up. This is who I wanted to talk to because she was Hallie's academic advisor for three years. The beautiful picture of her for her scholarship fund. It's my favorite. It's her dad's favorite picture, too, of her. She's sitting in my office. She's got this. She always rocked these super cute headbands. She's got a gold headband on Mizzou's shirt, and she's just sitting there so cute. That was her freshman orientation, and that's the first time she met with Trista, and she's been with her for three years. I mean, I tackled her. I I don't even – the poor lady. I mean, I jumped up because it caught me so off guard. I jumped up, gave her a huge hug. I'm like, oh, my God, I've been wanting to chat with you. I am not even like tears running down. I'm bawling because I knew Hallie set that up. Yeah. I never told anybody. And how in the hell for this certain wrestling meet, not even in Columbia, that I end up sitting right behind them. Had I went with other people, I wouldn't have sat there. Sure. Had Chase not wrestled their son, we would not even have spoken. Had I not said he lost his sister and her age, it just never would have – we never would have crossed paths. So we had an amazing conversation about Hallie. It was just – that moment, like I knew, I knew Hallie orchestrated that. Oh, 100%. so I would cross her path. She did one hundred percent. You know something that we we forgot to mention in our last podcast. One of the signs that happened right after Hallie passed was that your work called a team meeting like the next day. No, I think it was about a week later. Okay, they all okay. got together and just kind of talked about like how to support me, and they shared stories about Hallie because you know I I worked out of my home. And you, you think that your team members wouldn't know your kids, but Hallie would come and go all the time. And, like, all of our kids would pop in on video at different times. So a lot of them knew her. And anyway, they had – so they had a meeting. And when they were leaving the meeting, they had lunch brought in. They walked to the lower lobby of our global headquarters, and there's a big fountain out front, and there's this huge rainbow. And they all were like, well, there's Hallie. She's <sighs> showing up for us for mom's – Work family. That's it's crazy. So beautiful. So it wasn't even a rainy day. Like it was just, yeah. there was just a rainbow on this fountain for everybody. And then one of the ones that I really love is the night that she passed. You know, there was a house she would tell me about the, that she was, you know, when she was little that you guys lived in in St. Elizabeth near your parents. And she loved that house. A dream for her would have been to one day rebought that house and to have lived in it. So she absolutely loved that house. And what happened on the night that Hallie passed away? Her bedroom light flickered off and on for a while, and it freaked the owners out. Yeah. <laughs> like, she likes lights. What is happening? From our office light to her bedroom light when she was a little girl, um, she flicked that thing on and off all night long, which I thought was really, really cool. Signs. They say that if you're open to them, you'll see them. We have prayed and prayed a few times. My friend Rebecca said to us in church one morning that she prayed that she would see her grandparents after they both passed in, in dreams. And they they had come to her in dreams. And we've prayed for that. And so just in the last week, you finally, finally had a dream with your beautiful daughter. Would you tell us about that? Yeah, I, I really have not. I have not dreamt at all. Maybe it's a Xanax. <laughs> <laughs> Which is prescribed by the doctors yes. because this is traumatic. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I, I'm just not tired. I mean, I'm just, I'm emotionally and physically drained, but to just 
go lay down and go to sleep is just not my thing. You're, I think your body just gets so jacked up from it all. But anyway, so I haven't had not been dreaming at all. A couple nights ago, I woke up at 4 a.m. And I'm like, oh, no, I'm not going to be able to go back to sleep. And I don't know why that's so fearful for me. I think because the silence and I think you're just struck with the brutal reality that you're not going to have her in your physical life anymore. So I was laying there dreading like, oh, my gosh, I hope I can go back to sleep. And I ended up going back to sleep. And in my dream, Hallie showed up and we were at a dinner table and Lexi was in it. Lexi was kind of sitting across from me and Hallie just walked in. Couldn't tell you where we're at, what the room looked like, but we were sitting around a table and Hallie sat at the end and I said, come over here and sit by me. And it's so weird because she had long blonde hair, which I absolutely loved when she had her long blonde hair. And she just, I just kept looking at her because she was so beautiful. And I told her she was beautiful all the time, like every other day. It's like next level beautiful. But it was perfection. Kind of like your dad saw. Yes, perfection. It was her, but beauty on a whole other level. And it was just so it was just so good to see her. We talked about the horse that she had sold. And the last thing that she said that would just really kind of stuck with me is she said the horses were the first thing to leave me. And I don't 100% know what she means by that. Like she had three horses that she absolutely loved. Like when I say that she loved her horses, it was to her core being. And I don't know where she got that from. But even I look back at her school papers and she's kindergarten in first grade mm-hmm. and she wrote in there she wanted to be a vet and she loved horses. Like it was just in her blood. So I don't, I'm not sure what that means, but it gave me peace to see her and see her so, so perfect. So perfect. Mm, I love it. The final signs that we'll talk about in this week's episode are really hard. It was it, Christmas, Christmas Eve, Christmas Day. People keep saying, well, how was it? And I'm like, it was as awful as you might have expected it was going to be. It was a Christmas that none of us will ever go, well, that was the best Christmas because it was not. It was very clear that one of us was missing. Even when you felt like you were doing something fun or something was starting to go well, there was a cloud of sadness that just hung over our family, over our crew. And so it was a not-so-good Christmas in our home. But as God does, and as Hallie does, there were signs. We had one sign Christmas Eve and one sign Christmas Day. And I think it's important to talk about both of those because Christmas is never going to be the same without Hallie. But it will hurt less. And as long as we have the signs that she's with us, I think it's really powerful. And so before we say this, and I will say this, we opened presents on Christmas Eve. The kids wanted Hallie to be there. So we put a picture of her on a chair mm-hmm. next to us. With her presents. And that was fun. And then they, all, they decided that it was a kid's idea. They were like, we have to have a spot for Hallie. And so we put this picture of her on this chair for her spot. And they put her presents there. And they decided that they would rotate between everybody to open up her presents that we had for her. Yeah, that was cool. Yeah. So they, I mean, they all, they, that's what I love. Like the entire crew wants to keep her memory alive. They'll miss her. We're not the same without her. Yeah. So Christmas Eve, we go to your mom and dad's. And one of the first signs that Hallie was with us is that Angie comes, as we've said, from a family where she's one of seven children and there's all kinds of grandchildren and great-grandchildren. It's a very tiny old farmhouse. It's over a hundred years old. So everyone's crammed in. It's never silent there. Oh, there's kids everywhere, running everywhere. Crazy. 
But that morning in a two-hour time span, that's the time we allotted for that morning, three times it went dead silent in there. Like stone silence. That awkward silence where everyone's looking at each other like, Ugh. and that never, ever, 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 ever happens at your mom's house because there's too many people. And everybody just knew it was Hallie's presence. Like, not sure as we don't know what to say. Well, we, we don't know don't, what to I do. But finally, it was like, like the second or third time, like, thanks, Hallie. Like, you love making people uncomfortable. This is the most uncomfortable, awkward scenario ever. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Thank you for that. Because people, you just don't know what to say or do. And everybody just feels so helpless. Like, I don't know another way to describe it. Like, you know, you want to be there for someone, but. How? Like, no one can fix this. No. No one can fix it. There's nothing you can say. I'm learning. There's nothing I can say that's going to make Angie feel better. Sometimes I have to just sit in it with her. And that's what it is. What was that quote? I put it on my phone. It was on the it With You in the Weeds podcast, which I highly recommend you guys yeah. checking out. You find the, the quote, John Tenen and Lynn Roush, who's been on our podcast, they've started a, a podcast of their own called With You in the Weeds. And really good. They're both counselors, certified counselors. And this there was a one talking about sadness and a lot of the grief that we're going through. And we both have found it to be incredibly powerful. So if you're looking for something, you can go to thecrossingchurch.com, search for With You in the Weeds. And this podcast on sadness is really good. And what was the quote that they said? I had to write it down because it just like both of us, it just caught us like, oh my gosh, because it was at the end of the podcast and they said, sadness is the death of not having control over what has happened and it can't be undone. Yeah. And the only way that you can actually move forward from sadness is to grieve. And that, as John has told us, is the one emotion, the one thing, grief is the one thing that we voluntarily have to enter into. That's why you see people that don't enter into it because they choose not to. It sucks. It's freaking awful. It's awful because. And John says quote, multiple times, I love sadness because yeah, it heals like you. Gift. Because it heals you. It's a gift that heals you where we're all like, okay, that's a little sadistic, John. Like who loves <laughs> sadness? But I see what he's saying. Like if you don't go through the sadness, you will not heal. And Angie and myself and our kids are going through the sadness. We're walking the path of sadness to a, a new reality that we're going through. That quote really stuck out to us as we listened to their podcast. The other thing in talking about grief, too, that I came across this quote, and I'm like, oh, my gosh, this is such a powerful way to describe it, is that grief is really just love. It's all the love that you want to give, but you can't. All the unspent love that you have, like, gathers up in the corners of your eyes and the lumps in your throat and in that hollow part of your chest, which, gosh, that feels so empty that it's just... It's love with no place to go. I'm like, wow, what a love with no place to go. Ugh. Way to describe it because it is. You just love them so much. And then it's like you can't even, you don't even know how to give love when that person's not actually yeah. there. Well, we haven't actually shared the sign from Christmas Eve. No, yet. We, but have, I will we started tell you. telling these things, but it was, that's where we're going. The Christmas Eve again goes back to. Take the pictures and video. I mean, I told the kids, I don't care how awful we feel. We're taking a family pic before we go to church. It's not going to feel right. It's going to be weird. It's our first like family pic without Hallie, but we're taking it. We're taking the picture. 
So we did that. We propped the phone up on a paper towel holder and figured out how to do it. And it was like one done, one and done. Like we're we're snapping the pick. It doesn't have to be perfect. So we go to church, and I absolutely love in church when we do the candles. And that's so powerful. I'm sure many of you, if you go to church at the end of your Christmas Eve service, all the lights go out, you light a candle, you sing Silent Night, right? That's what churches across the world do on Christmas. Our Church at the Crossing does the same thing. And I, I just love what it represents of, well, I always love looking down the row and seeing all of our kids lined mm-hmm. up, right? Yeah. So that's beautiful and painful because we have one missing. But I videoed. Eric's candle getting lit first and then lighting mine. And then I lit Chase's and then they all went down the row lighting each other's candles because we also talk often about like it represents it to a whole nother level of like shining Hallie's light. But just light in the darkness is Hallie. I just feel like because I think she was really struggling, but she was still the light for so many people. And that is like the bravest thing that you can do. And I feel like that's what I'm trying to do too is in the hardest of times, how can you still be a light to other people no matter how painful it is? And so I'm videoing and I saw it when I was videoing. Yeah, like you could see it on the camera and then you could look away and you wouldn't see it. Is that what you're saying? No, like I'm in saying real time. I, real time I saw it. Yeah. So you would look in your camera and see it, but then if you looked away from the camera, it wasn't there. Right? Fair to say. I mean, I never really looked away because okay. I didn't want to lose it. Got it I got didn't want to not see it. Okay. But there's a orb like flying around. And, you know, I've I've seen that before on pictures or videos, but this one was so unique in that it turned into a green heart. And we go back to the last episode, the green stocking. The green stocking. It was a green heart flying around all the kids. Not just like a little dot. Like it was a heart it turned shape. into a heart and it lasted for the entire song. So yeah. like a minute and a half more than that. It lasted the whole way. And out. We sent it to our small group at church. My buddy Rob was like, I thought you were crazy until you sent the video. And oh my gosh, I have yeah. chills because it's real. We'll have to share it on our posted. social. I haven't yeah. posted that one yet, but I didn't even say anything to anybody initially. I just sort of kept it close to me, you know, that it was Oh, green heart. I mean, what in the world? Hallie was with us in church at Christmas Eve, and that felt good. It felt yeah. good when we all saw the video and we knew that even though the, taking the picture before church felt awkward and being in there without her felt awkward, she was right there. And just an absolutely beautiful moment for a family on Christmas Eve that was otherwise awkward and sad. This yeah. was not a moment of joy or signs, but let's just call out that Christmas Eve was the worst night that you've had since yeah. we came home from the hospital. It was it was it was the worst night I've ever had in my life. I mean, you, even you, the night Hallie passed, like Christmas Eve was literally the worst night ever and I don't necessarily know why. I think, you know, you're supposed to be so joyful and you put on such a you try so hard for your kids. You know, when I went to bed that night after everybody, all the kids that went to bed, I I mean, there was so much pain in my whole body that, I mean, for the first time in my life, I was like, oh, my God, I don't even, I don't know how I can go on from this. Like, it was so painful. I could not breathe. It's like my whole body just is like, I'm going to shut down. Yeah, for and sure. And it was so scary. So scary. 
one of it's my. It's scary. It's so scary to feel that much pain. Like you feel emotions that you cannot even imagine. There's no describing it. And then until you've gone through losing a child, it's just indescribable of how much pain you can actually bear. I think I, I said in one of the first podcasts after Hallie passed, if I didn't, I've said it to other people. I've seen death. I've been around death. I've watched people pass. Seeing a mother lose her child in the hospital room that day, that's a scream slash cry I've never heard, nor do I ever want to hear again. And then Christmas Eve was 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 close second. Yeah. Um, it was a continuous, the crying, the hyperventilating. At one point, Angie said out loud something to the effect of, It's too much. It's too much. This is too much for me. And in that moment, as, as her husband and not wanting to lose her for myself or the kids, I'm terrified, right? And I remember just being like, you, you, we have to do this for the kids. We have five other kids. We have to have to show up. And she cried and she cried. And it didn't matter if I gave her a Xanax. It didn't matter what I did. That crying lasted. We didn't sleep a whole lot on Christmas Eve. Didn't matter how tight I held her. It didn't matter if I let her go. The crying was hard. It was awful. It was something I don't think either one of us – I don't think either one of us is ever going to forget that that evening of Christmas Eve. It was hard. That was a hard, but hard like night. In the, in the quote we ended the last podcast with, the sun will continue to rise and set. And so Christmas Day came. It's a new day. And you just get back up and put that one step – one foot in front of the other. And we took our kids – took my kids to – their dads, because Hallie normally was the driver. Mm-hmm. And so we took them there and hung out there and opened up gifts. Yeah, and that I was mean, good. Lance Michelle offered if we wanted to stick around. So we did. We stayed, right? Gave us something to do for a little bit. And that was nice to spend time with the kids while they opened presents at Lance Michelle. Spent some time with Lance Michelle. It was nice. And we had several places we could have gone, but I'm like, I, everyone I just, was offering. We have great friends and we thank all of them. I just, I just want to go home. I just, I just want to go home. And so I did lay down and sleep for a little bit, but we also both, Eric and I are like a little bit OCD and just our office is a mess. There's stuff everywhere. I wanted to get kind of reorganized and there's still stuff I have to go through for Hallie's celebration of life. And there was a container that I wanted Eric to bring up that was heavy from the storage, but you know, he's... (laughs) Not, I'm not wasn't sure if I wanted to do it that day or not, but I'm like chilling on the couch and he's just trying to keep busy. Yeah, because she's a I don't even know that chilling's the right word. She's on the couch yeah, in a ball. A mess. Like it's not a good yeah. thing. I can't say anything to her to fix it. I felt like she needed some time. And I we're not a little O C D. We're we're a lot O C D, okay. <laughs> but with that being said, I, I just decided, you know what? There's a little bit of snow left outside. I'm gonna go clean that off. Why? I don't know. I was just angry. If I'm being honest with you, my emotion in that moment was anger that our family was missing Hallie so much that my wife was in so much pain. I was tired. And so I just went outside and I'm shoveling the most minuscule amounts of snow off the concrete in our driveway on our sidewalk. Then I go around to the back where I'm shoveling off around the hot tub. I mean, just dumb work, busy work is what I was doing. And I was angry and I looked up. At the sky, like I did that night in the last episode in our, in our kitchen where I said, Hallie, we're right. I looked up the sky and in my aggressive voice, I said, Hallie Phillips, you show up and talk to your mom today. She's in so much pain and she needs you. 
If neighbors were outside, I'm sure they thought I was insane, but I did. And so uh, right after that, it was like a chain of events. Right after that, I was like, well, I need a five-gallon bucket. Did I? Probably not. I could have solved my problem with many other things, but I need a five-gallon bucket. It's probably down in my our storage area. I go to get it, and that bucket is sitting right on top of a box that I've walked by at least 12 times in the previous seven days and never noticed the box. I take the bucket off, and it's all Hallie's stuff. Hallie's stuff from birth announcement through high school. I mean, crazy that I've walked past this box all week long. Nothing. It's two separate boxes. Right, but they're stacked on top of each yeah. other. I've walked by them all week long looking for stuff, and I haven't seen them. But I take this, this bucket sitting on them. I'm like, huh. So I do what I'm doing with the bucket, and in my mind, I'm processing this whole time. Do I bring these tubs up, these boxes? Do I bring these up or do I leave them? Ugh, what do I do? What do I do? What do I do? And then finally, I'm like, you know what? This day can't get any fucking worse. That was literally my thought. You know what? This day can't get fucking worse. Let's take them upstairs. So I bring them upstairs. And for the first time all day, you smiled and you laughed some. Well, I so here's the crazy thing. That's not the container I wanted you to bring up. I didn't even know I had those two boxes. I didn't even know that was part of our storage area. Because when Lance and I got divorced, I left him some stuff, some of the kids' stuff, and I took some with me. Now, I would have had no reason to go through any of that. Like, you don't go and look back through your child's Paper school work. papers. These are school papers. Like you would never my... go through that. So I didn't know that we even had that. And I didn't know I had the box of Hallie's stuff from her senior year. Let, let so, me just read this real quick from so, like the first well, grade. On. Okay. So so I start going through like her infant stuff and like papers from first and second grade. And this is what he's talking about. It's so funny. I <laughs> saved one and I think she was in kindergarten and she wrote this story. She was never a good speller, we learned. Yeah. The spelling didn't get much better even through through junior high. But she said, had her name that's how said, my elephant is a girl. Her name is Peanut. My elephant likes penis. <laughs> she left the T off. She left the T off. So it was P-E-N-U-S. Me and my elephant like to eat penis. <laughs> so I'm laughing. And so I got a few kicks out of some stuff that I found from when she was a little kid. And then I go to her box of her diploma from high school and her hat from graduation and just kind of going through things. And I come across this envelope and I open it up and let me hit pause for a second. Like as a mom, I don't feel like you are ever a hundred percent confident in what you're doing. There's no playbook on, well, Hey, if you have a child with this type of personality in this situation, this is what you're supposed to do. And so, although I feel like I'm a really good mom, I still question myself. And especially when you lose a child, you think, could I have done more? Should I have did, should I have been more pushy in this area or not as pushy in this area? Like you question yourself and you hope that you did all the right things. And I know, you know, she's 20 years old. She'll make her own decisions, but there were decisions that she made that I was against and voiced that to her. But then you think, well, should I have even allowed it? You know, you just start you start questioning yourself and then you can go down a dark path of the what ifs. And so I'm trying not, not to do that, but I just feel like it naturally happens when you lose sure. someone 100%. that you love, but especially your child, because as a mom, you feel like you're you're supposed to take care of them. 
And so anyway, so I'm struggling with that. And I find this envelope and I open it up and I get to the first, well, it was the second paragraph. And you start I, bawling and I'm like, I'm oh like, God, we almost made it to the end. Lost it. Like it almost dropped me to my knees. It almost felt like when she was passing. I mean, it just was, it was what I as a mom needed to hear from Hallie that she wrote in eighth grade. And so I'm going to read her letter because I think it's so profound for an eighth grader to write this letter. So the letter is, at her school in eighth grade, you write a letter to your senior self. And then when you're a senior and you're going to graduate, you open it up and read it. Now, she never let me read this letter. Like, it, she, ne- yeah. I, I knew about it. I had no idea I had it. The fact that you we found it and had it and you were able to read this on Christmas Day. This is our big oh my, sign. This, this is, is our God showing up, Hallie showing up and saying, hey, I'm okay. And you did good. And yeah. here we go. And good luck reading this, just so you know. My goodness. So it says, Dear Hallie Phillips, you have been expecting this letter for a long time now, and your eighth grade self is doing her best to make this letter worthwhile. You have so many goals to achieve by the time you're a senior, and it goes by fast. No matter how long it takes us to achieve our goals, I will be proud of how far we have come. Hopefully you're competing in the show me shows with Twister by now. You've worked hard to make it through this year with all the drama and hardships and negatives. We always seem to make it through, though, don't we? But I just want to remind you of some things I don't want you to forget. Number one, don't forget where you come from or who you are. Stay true to you. Second thing, here's where I'm going to drop to my knees. Don't forget that your mom is always right. You okay? Gosh. You need to do it? No, I'm going okay. to do it. Okay. I'm not hard-headed. <laughs> yes, you are. Don't ever lose the close bond you have with her in middle school. She is your whole support system. Lastly, don't forget how important work is. The real world is tough, but you can make it through with your hard work and determination. Work is the only way. You make it anywhere in this world. That's the reason you bought a horse you have saved for years and got a job working in a stable. Another important topic I want to touch base with us is your career. Don't ever let anyone talk yourself out of what you want to do. We have wanted to be a large animal vet since you can remember. Don't give up just because someone disapproves. Let that drive you. Let everything you have ever worked for drive you again never lose touch of where you started out don't get a head too big for your shoulders but still be proud of where you are let's talk about friends it's taken us a long time to find a friend a true friend don't let her go allison is literally your angel she means too much to us for her to be taken away she is a part of us this is easier said than done i know but don't be afraid to get rid of the toxic people in your life They only weigh you down. I'm not going to mention any names, but we both know who we're talking about. Speaking of meaningful people, don't lose touch with Jill, plain and simple. Don't forget about your bucket list. Go for your goals. Don't sit there and let those life opportunities pass you by. Here's another one. (laughs) If you ever need advice, go to your mom. 
She has never failed to give you great advice or life lessons. Always go with your instincts. You're smart. You have common sense is what your mom always tells you. I can't emphasize enough how important she is to you. And don't take her for granted. I know I'm probably missing a lot of important things that we look back on this and should probably put in this letter. And I will probably have a random paragraph about last-minute information. For example, I hope we decide, even though it will be a challenge, to still go into big animal veterinarian sciences. I also hope by now we can spell veterinarian correctly. (laughs) (laughs) We've never been super close with God or our religion, but that's another thing I don't want us to lose touch up. Don't ever forget who's been there for you and who hasn't, who has been there through thick and thin, from the divorce of your parents to getting your first horse and rough and happy times. There's nothing more important in life than a good horse, a good horse, <laughs> good friends, and a family that loves you. God, it's so true, Hallie. I mean, so mm. freaking smart. Sometimes we just need to get away and saddle up your horse and take a quiet trail ride. There isn't any problem with taking a break from the world because when you come back to reality, you will have a whole new and better perspective to sum up. What I want to tell you isn't all too original. Original. I want you to stay true to who you are, not who she is or he is or they are, but who you are. And here's the big got ya. P.S. In quotes, John thirteen seven. You do not realize now what I am doing, but later you will understand. And I feel like what she said in that last paragraph, sometimes you just need to get away and saddle up your horse and take a quiet trail ride. Like I literally, that's always how I envision her right now is like riding her horse. And that's what she did. Like she said, you know what? I'm going to go take a quiet ride on my horse because that gives you a whole new perspective. And then why she put that quote in there. I mean, we it's read amazing. A fourteen-year-old girl who knows she's struggling with her faith writes John thirteen verse seven. Jesus replied, "You do not realize now what I am doing, but later you will understand." We've been asking ourselves for the last month, "Why, God, why?" And at fourteen, she's writing about it. That's a sign from God. It's a sign from Jesus that she's with Him, that she's okay. It's a sign from Hallie for us to help find that letter that we didn't even oh know we had on I, Christmas Day when we're at our worst. And oh. you, I mean, just you using your aggressive voice with her. <laughs> you get mad at me when I use my aggressive voice, but good things happen when a father uses the aggressive <laughs> yes. voice. But I have, I mean, I had my worst night ever, but ever since I, and I keep this letter next to my bed because if I ever get into like doubt, I reread it because some people can tell you that you're a great mom, but like to actually read her words that she wrote is like what I needed. And I can breathe a little easier at night. I haven't had like a full on overwhelmed, like God awful night. Like I did on Christmas Eve since then. It is what her mama needed to hear. It's beautiful to see that. That is more than just a sign. Like, I know she is in a good spot and she's with us. We are light. That is a, a note that you wrote for us here in this. And I love this. 
We are light. That is our job moving forward is to be light. You want to expand on that? Yeah. I mean, when I, when I say I feel like I'm Hallie's voice, like that is actually everybody's responsibility in this world is to be light. Like that's something you can choose to do, but we need a light for other people. Like you need to light other people's candles, even when it's hard or it feels uncomfortable. Like sit in the suck with people because this life is hard. But that's some, that's a choice we get to make. We might not be in control of what happens to us, but we are in control of how we shine that light and how we utilize that gift to help other people. So we're painfully aware, painfully aware of how short this life is here on earth. So just journey wisely. Shine your light. Be there for others. And when you do that, it's honoring those that have gone before you, but it honors our daughter, Hallie. Two weeks of episodes of Signs that Hallie is here with us, but that she's also in a much better place and just letting us know that on a regular basis, she is better than us. That's it for this week's episode of Blended Blessed and Always a Mess. We hope you have a wonderful week and God bless. Thank you for listening to Blended Blessed and Always a Mess. Follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and at blendedblessedalwaysamess.com. Reach out to us on any of our social channels. We would love to hear from you. Have a great week.